0: He might be part moth, but I don't think that bug zapper is gonna work. This world is a strange one. The mothman is back and he's furrier than ever. He's also creepier than ever. Most people disagree as to why he's here. You see, in the past, he's been sighted before disasters and tragedies, while many people have also been nearly attacked. So is he a harbinger of death, or is he a bringer of destruction? Let's take a look with these allegedly true Mothman encounters. But first, YouTube has been going kind of crazy lately. So anybody that's listening right now, please do me this favor. This is my backup plan. Go to vid.me darknessprevails and follow me. Make an account if you must. Because if YouTube goes down for whatever reason, I'll be there ready to tell you more stories Thank you, guys. Now, get the bug spray ready just in case. And no, it's not for the Mothman. Number one, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Submitted by Josh P. Whenever I hear a Mothman's story, it tends to be rather personal to me and even sometimes frustrating as I've had my own encounter with this creature which is quite different from other stories you may have heard. For context, I grew up in the suburbs of Northern Ohio, right outside some big cities. The thing with Ohio is that you're never more than 20 minutes away from some rural parts. Therefore, I was well-versed in both city and country living. My parents, on the other hand, were amateur ghost hunters and frequently went out of town to ghost hunt. One spot they came across was a small city in West Virginia, named Point Pleasant. Any fan of cryptozoology or the paranormal would know of this place, so it was no surprise when my parents fell in love with that area. So much so that when I was about 13, my family bought a 100 acres of land, a mere 20 or so miles from the town, right along the Ohio River. It was our little retreat where we would go every other weekend to escape the drag of everyday life. Now, our property has much history on it, allegedly. According to legend, a now-dead Shawnee chief cursed our land and the surrounding lands. Ever since we got there, I've heard of a werewolf sighting happening in town just last October, and my mother herself swears she saw a little boy roaming our campsite. But none of these come even relatively close to my encounter with the ominous and legendary Mothman of Point Pleasant. As most of you probably already know, Point Pleasant is one of the first locations the Mothman has ever been seen, for the most part. So it was a must for my family and friends to go out and explore the areas he is said to roam. As practically everyone in our town has had an encounter, we asked around town first for some good leads, and a lot of good online research shows that the Mothman lives in these old World War II bunkers just a few miles north of town, allegedly, The bunkers were old bomb warehouses in the 40s and 50s, but after the war, the government closed up the bunkers and turned the surrounding land into a state park, patrolled by park rangers. Naturally, we sped through the back roads until we found the park, and after an hour of driving around the forest in broad daylight, we decided to get out and finally walk around. Immediately, we came to these paths with chains going across, eliminating vehicular travel. So we walked through. About a 100 yards down the trail, we came upon a small clearing. Immediately walking into this clearing, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and my heart seemed to skip every other beat. There, on the other side of the small clearing, stood a large concrete bunker, overgrown with the forest around it, like nature had reclaimed its territory. I honestly did not expect to find anything there, So upon seeing this, the story suddenly became that much more real. Gathering our courage, my friend and I walked up to the bunker together, which was clearly padlocked with one of those really heavy solid steel padlocks. The first thing and probably most intimidating thing we noticed was the bright caution sign on the door, warning us of highly explosive contents. That was scary enough in and of itself. But being the idiotic 16 year old I was, I laughed to my friends to try to impress them and I put my ear against the solid metal door, listening in for anything, but it was silent. I then grabbed the long metal door handle and shook the door with all of my might, but of course it barely budged, despite being probably 60 or 70 years old. We took plenty of pictures, and then moved to find more bunkers all on separate paths down the road a bit more. Nothing out of the ordinary happened, but for some reason, my mother refused to return to that first bunker we came across. All she would say was that it gave her an uneasy feeling of dread, and she desired to puke the closer she got. This was honestly kind of unnerving to hear. My mother has dealt with far worse things many times before, often with the supernatural, and she has been barely phased by those. But something was different about this place. Beyond that, nothing happened regarding the Mothman for a while. That was until this summer, nearly two years later. This happened about a month and a half ago. Myself and five of my closest friends all went on a camping trip to my parents' property near Point Pleasant in the hopes that we could enjoy one last outing together as most of us were leaving for the military relatively soon. At the time, we were all 18 except for our friend Dylan, who was 25. It was our first night there. We were sitting around the campfire telling jokes and stories, just being average teenagers. All in all, our night was going really well until about three in the morning when my friend Dylan excused himself to go to the bathroom. The rest of us continued on hanging out and laughing, when a few moments later, Dylan returned with a concerned expression on his face. When we asked him what was up, he told us it sounded like a deer was wounded down the slope a little bit. He was a big animal guy, despite being a stone-faced army combat veteran, which made us chuckle a little bit. I told him that as we're on top of a mountain, the sound travels very well and that it was probably nothing, but he insisted that it was nearby and that we had to go check it out. So, admittedly a little curious myself, I agreed, and our friends Brian and Luke stayed by the camp while Dylan, Han, Mickey, and myself went over to check it out. As soon as we left the vicinity of the fire, we could hear the groans of a wounded deer carrying through the trees. It did indeed sound close, so we followed the noise until we reached a large ravine with no way across. We stopped to assess our situation and we noticed the cries of the deer had suddenly stopped. In fact, every night creature had stopped making any kind of noise, and only the gentle flow of the wind through the trees remained. This creeped us out, wondering if there was a predator nearby, as bears, mountain lions, and coyotes, and all sorts of poisonous snakes roamed these woods. Dylan and myself thankfully brought guns. He was carrying a 12-gauge Remington shotgun and I had with me a semi-automatic Colt AR-15, both very capable of handling a bear or mountain lion. After 15 minutes of searching for a way to cross the ravine, we gave up and we began to head back the way we came. But the moment we got about five steps away, the groaning of the deer started again, louder and more drawn out than before, so we turned around, but again it stopped. This irritated my friend Han, who then stomped down toward the edge of the ravine, shining his light below. Just then, his flashlight cut out, and before anyone else could react, we all felt a massive gust of air, along with an enormous presence looming before us. But we could see nothing but black. Then the ground beneath me gave out, and Han and I found ourselves tumbling down the ravine. We both hit the bottom hard, and we got up quickly. We scrambled for the flashlight or the gun or anything to use to feel less defenseless. We could hear yelling and running above us as I scrambled for the rifle. Then it all went by like a blur until we found ourselves back at the top of the ravine, gun in hand running back to our campsite. We ran for what seemed like an hour despite only hiking 15 minutes down the ravine. We both dropped instinctively when a shotgun blast rang through the air and as we got back up, another shot went off and another and then silence. It was only then that I realized my leg was bleeding and Han was crying. We sat for a few moments listening and scanning the trees around us when suddenly Han grabbed my shoulder and yelled for me to shoot it. Just shoot the thing. At that I sprung around to see two red eyes staring at us from a tall tree. It was only about 200 feet away and 30 feet up. I froze and I was unable to shoot. I was mesmerized by those blood red eyes. They seemed to have a glow about them. My sense of ease scared me even more and it clearly shook on as he just grabbed my shoulder and ran. We ran as fast as we were humanly capable of until we finally broke onto the ridgeline into the camp where everyone else was already scrambling. Immediately, we packed our things, got into the truck and peeled out of there as fast as possible. No one spoke the whole way home and it was only after three days of being back that we asked Dylan what happened with him and Mickey. He said that they began to run back and upon realizing we weren't following, they turned back where this thing, as he said, stepped into their path. He said he didn't have time to study its body. All he noticed was its immense height, wings, and those damned red eyes. He said that he thought it was a man, us perhaps, before he noticed those eyes. He said he didn't think, he just reacted and shot at the thing multiple times, then turned back but Mickey never had a chance to see it like he did. None of us except Han told our parents, and Hans didn't believe him apparently, and now he won't ever bring it up. Since then, I've been obsessively researching the Mothman, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is what we saw in those woods. Since then, my family has returned to our property multiple times, and we've had no weird encounters with the Mothman, surprisingly. Was he hunting us for stalking too close to his home at those bunkers? I don't really know. But I do plan on returning to the bunkers to find out more about this creature. So maybe there will be another tale to tell soon. Though I admit, I get cold sweats now when I simply think about going back there. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number 2. The Mothman. Submitted by DirtRider098. This happened in 2013 when I was eight years old. It was around seven or eight o'clock in the evening. The sun was just barely above the horizon. I was hunting in the forest about a half mile down from my house. The woods were thick and I was just past a hill. So from where I was, I could no longer see my house. I was on the edge of our property line and a neighbor's field. I had a crossbow with me looking for some deer. As I walked to my property line, I saw something that took the shape of a deer. It was pretty far off, so I used my scope to take a look at it. I expected to see a doe lying down for a rest, but as I looked down my scope, I realized it was actually a carcass of a dead deer. My first assumption was that a coyote had killed it. We do have quite a few coyotes, but when I got a good look at it, I realized something was off. Its neck had a small bite mark, about human size, but shaped more circular. Its legs were bent in a grim position, sort of backwards. The carcass was about 200 yards out. I was confused why the killer wasn't there anymore, as there was no trace of eating or tearing on the body, just one bite. I tried to ignore it, tried to get it out of my head, so I decided to go to my tree stand a few meters away. The stand is about 10 feet off the ground, I could still see the deer from there, and that's when it happened. It must have been about 8.30 that night when I saw a huge flock of birds fly out of a wooded area like something had just disturbed them. At that moment, my heart sank rapidly, and I went completely pale. Flying about five feet off the ground was a gray, human-shaped figure. It was flying slowly towards the carcass, I noticed it had golf ball sized eyes, without any pupils. They were just all red. The figure was about seven feet tall, much taller than my parents, and I was too scared to fire at the thing. Besides, it was too far out of range for my crossbow. Its most distinctive feature was its wings, because its wingspan was massive. It let out this ear-piercing screech that made me want to vomit, and at that moment, It took off into the thick woods, too dense for me to see any longer. I waited there for a minute before I jumped down and booked it back to my house. I wasn't going to stay out there any longer. Once back, I locked all the doors and windows. My parents weren't home at the time, which made me much more terrified. Everything I saw that evening, I will never forget. Number three. My Mothman Encounter, submitted by Michael K. I never really thought I'd be sharing this story with anyone, but I think it's time to speak up so that everyone knows the truth about this thing. I'm a 23-year-old guy, and I went hunting with my dad when I was 13. I'm not comfortable saying the location of the place, but my dad and I hunted in a large, dense forest that was also near some big rock formations. When my dad and I get there, we would always start by building the camp by a nearby stream and then starting a fire. This forest was a very beautiful yet mysterious place in the morning, but at night, it turned into a very eerie and spooky area that sent chills down my spine without fell. I always went to bed at the same time as my dad, because in those woods, I didn't want to be the only one awake at night. Our hunts are annual, and they're a family tradition in a way. My dad hunted with my grandfather like this when he was my age, and so did my grandfather with his father, and we always stayed for a week in that forest. Now that that's out of the way, I'll tell you of my experience with that devil spawn. On the first night of this particular trip, My dad and I went out and hunted for a while, but we didn't see any deer at all, which was quite weird because these forests were usually packed with deer. Finding nothing, we returned to our tent empty-handed when the sun was setting. My dad and I went to bed around 10 p.m. that night. I woke up at three in the morning though after I heard some rattling noise. It was coming from outside our tent. I looked out through my partially open tent flap to see that our fire had gone out. After a few minutes of waiting and gathering my courage, I then went outside to investigate. Looking back on it now, I wish I never had the courage to go outside as what I saw gave me nightmares and still will until the day I die. Remember the rock formations I talked about? They're about 30 to 40 feet tall and about 10 feet in diameter. Well, after looking around our campsite for a few seconds, I looked up at the tallest rock formation and there stood the single most terrifying thing I have ever seen. I wasn't sure about what I really saw, mostly because of my fear, but I'll try my best to explain. I saw something man in shape, though I'm sure it wasn't a man or even human for that matter, and they looked to be about six feet tall with blackish brown skin. It had very thin legs and arms, and I'm pretty sure its appendages were a few inches longer than those of humans. What really made my skin crawl was the set of wings connecting the two arms of this creature. After examining the creature in awe and fear for a few moments, it turned to me quick in a flash, and that image will always haunt my dreams. I saw a human head with no visible features, except for a pair of bright red eyes. At that point, I'd had enough. I screamed as hard as I could, and the creature flapped its wings and disappeared into the night. I was left there motionless and mentally scarred. What the hell just happened? My dad half yelled as he came out of the tent. I tried to tell him, but he looked at me like I was on drugs. He told me to just go back to bed, and he went back into his tent, and so did I except I didn't sleep, because after the things I saw, sleeping was impossible. Unfortunately for me, these hunts always lasted for about a week, so I expected to see that creature throughout that whole week, but surprisingly, I didn't, although one rather strange thing did happen. We saw absolutely no deer. My dad called it bad luck, but I thought it was worse than bad luck. The worst part of this trip came after the week ended and my dad and I walked back to the truck with our stuff to pack it up, then we would head back home. It was a two-way trip because of the number of things we took. My dad asked me to go back and get the remaining items by myself at one point because he needed to check something in the truck. When I got to our camping spot and packed up the final thing, something caught my eye. It was a footprint in the mud by the stream. Immediately I went to investigate it and what I saw definitely proved the existence of that thing. It confirmed to me that I hadn't been hallucinating. It was a set of footprints leading to the bank and cutting off there. Whatever they belonged to, it had five toes and they were slightly larger than my dad's who towered over seemingly everyone at six and a half feet. So those footprints belonged to a rather large creature but that wasn't the creepy part. It was the back of these prints that really sent chills up my spine. The ends were pointed, and these triangular shapes stretched back at least three inches. At that point, I just wanted to go home. I don't know if my mind was messing with me, but when my dad and I were driving away, I saw a black flash out of the corner of my eye. Number four, Mothman Stalked Us, submitted by Kimmon. This story takes place in South Southeast Ohio, near the Ohio River in the year 2003. I was 16 at the time, and I like to think I'm a big guy at about five foot 11 with broad shoulders, and so I look much older than I actually am to most people. My house at the time was a ranch house in the middle of 10 acres of land and our nearest neighbor was a mile and a half away. So we were very much secluded and surrounded by a lot of woods. Living here, I absolutely loved taking walks, sometimes even at night. I just loved being in those woods and I thought I knew them better than the back of my hand. One day I felt like taking such a walk, but I got this ominous feeling from the woods. So instead of going alone, I brought my younger brother along. Let's call him Kenai. He was my identical twin, only a few seconds younger than me, and so we got along very well. The only difference between us was really our hair. I like mine long, and he liked his short. And from time to time, I've been known to dye my hair. We brought our pellet guns along for hunting squirrels and to just mess around. The closer we got to the edge of the tree line, The worst this ominous feeling I had got. It was almost dusk, and I looked toward the trees but saw nothing. No one was watching us, yet I couldn't understand why I felt this way. I stole a glance at Kenai, and he showed no signs of feeling what I felt. But just to be sure, I asked him, hey, do you feel that? He responded quickly. Feel what, man? I felt stupid asking him so I just said it was nothing, and we hurried into the woods. For the first hour, I was actually enjoying myself, completely forgetting the feeling from earlier. After bagging a fourth squirrel and Kenai his seventh, he was much better than I was at hunting, we decided to go back as it was getting pretty dark. Just as we began to walk home, this horrid, awful, hair-raising feeling returned. For a second time, I turned to my brother to ask him if he felt it, and to my surprise, he said yes. I'm about to reply to him when we both suddenly hear a very heavy flapping sound followed by seeing a shadow from overhead. There was something big above us. We both look at each other and at the same time yell, what the hell was that? At the time, we both chalked it up to nothing for all we knew it could have been a bird, but deep down, my mind kept telling me that no bird was that big. I know my animals around here, and by looking at that shadow, it had to have been about eight feet long with a 20 foot wingspan. But I think I was the only one to notice this. Both of us feeling a bit disturbed, we rushed back to our house without further incident. That entire night, I felt awful. That feeling never went away. That chilling feeling of being watched Now, I should mention my room is the only bedroom facing the woods we were hunting that day, and a few times that night, I could have swore I saw something moving in the trees, but I just thought it was my imagination or a trick from the fear and the darkness. I then decided to go to sleep on the floor in Kenai's room in the attic. I felt safer there. Soon, the feeling vanished, and I was able to get some sleep. I must have been asleep for about five hours, when I was suddenly jolted awake along with my brother by a sudden heavy and loud slam on the roof just above us. Looking over at my brother at his alarm clock, it read 2.30 in the morning. We stayed quiet and we listened for what felt like forever until we heard another loud flapping noise, exactly what we had heard in the woods that day. I shot up and went to get the light and then I looked over to my brother. He was too pale pale as a ghost. He spoke exactly what I was thinking. Dude, that was no bird. Feeling rather terrified, we both bolted down to my father's room, not caring if we interrupted his beauty sleep. Hysterical, we woke him up fast, telling him that something was on our roof. But of course, he didn't believe us, so we drag him to the attic, all the while he's complaining and telling us it was just some bird. We enter the room and we waited for about two minutes until we heard the flapping again. I never really realized how loud it actually was. It was like a broken clothes dryer, extremely loud, or at the time it was so quiet, it just felt like it was. He sighs exasperated, yet he looked a bit shaken, but still he tells us it's just some big bird and to just go back to bed and shut up. It's safe to say we did not sleep again that night. We were very cautious for the next few days, but nothing happened. We assumed whatever it was had left at this point, so we could finally relax. We went back to our usual antics, but I was still scared unlike my brother, so instead of taking my pellet rifle, I took my actual rifle with a 308 ammunition in it. The next part is the scariest part. It was a week or so after our first encounter with whatever this thing was. And somehow, my brother seemingly forgot all about this whole thing, but I definitely couldn't forget and still carried my rifle with me whenever I went outside. My brother soon felt like going hunting again and against my better judgment, I tagged along with him. My brother, of course, brought his pellet gun and me my rifle. This time around, I did not shoot anything but my brother bagged several by eight o'clock. About this time, we had been in there for a few hours and we had walked about a mile in and we were now turning back to go back home as it was getting dark. Being more clever than I, my brother brought along his heavy duty flashlight just in case this exact thing happened. We had been walking for about 15 minutes and again, we heard the flapping of this horrid thing. As soon as I heard it coming back, I felt goosebumps form all over me. I started to panic and my brother starts to pull me along the trail faster. I immediately stop and resist him. While he was focused on me, I was looking to where we were going and I knew something was just ahead in front of us. This thing, not a man, not some animal that I've ever seen. There was some monster set in the middle of the path. It was nearly eight feet tall and it had wings closed at its side. It was completely black in the darkness and perfectly smooth, no feathers showing. The only other distinguishable feature I could make out were those bright red large eyes. It was only 30 feet away. I felt like it was too close. I go bug-eyed and scream and stumble back, yelling at it to get away. My brother hasn't noticed it yet. He's staring at me in shock. He turns around and immediately freezes when he sees the thing. He puts the light from his flashlight on it and like me, he stumbles back but it seemed he was shocked into silence. This creature suddenly moved and that forced us both to begin running and that's when I remember I have a gun with me. It felt like it took ages to raise the gun up and aim it. I couldn't bring myself to take the time and actually focus so I stupidly closed my eyes and I shot in the creature's direction. Never do this. I know I missed because it did not make a sound, but the beast flew off in a hurry. My brother at this point was yelling behind me just up ahead, Jesus Christ, what the hell was that thing? But I didn't know what to say. The only thing I said was to run and run fast. We make the rest of the 45 minute walk in nearly 20 minutes. All the while, we can hear this thing following us from above. My father was outside at the time as he must have heard our gunshot and rushed outside with his shotgun. Then he saw us running at full sprint toward the house. He yelled at us what was wrong. But after running so far so fast, we were out of breath. So all we could do was point towards the woods. My father must have seen something at the tree line because he aimed and shot at whatever he had seen. Hearing nothing, he assumed he had missed but he definitely scared the thing off. It took nearly 10 minutes for us to calm down and tell the story. He believed us because he's never seen either of us like this. After hearing noises for the next few weeks on the roof, my father found a new house listing and we moved without hesitation. A few weeks after we moved, my mother suffered a massive heart attack and promptly died. For the longest time, I was completely unsure of what we saw until I finally researched it on the internet and saw that it resembled perfectly a creature called the Mothman. Luckily, we've had no other encounters with another unknown creature or anything similar to the Mothman. After I moved out a few years later, I was feeling nostalgic, so I revisited our old house. It was in a state of disrepair. Ever since we'd left, no one had moved in. It was just never sold again after that. I got chills just looking at it, and I didn't stay long. This memory has stayed with me forever, and it still haunts me to this day, and my family does not like to talk about it. And number five, Mothman in Georgia, submitted by Kai N. This is a story about the night I saw the Mothman. The story takes place some years ago when I was in second grade. I remember this clearly because I believe this thing caused the death of my grandfather. It was summer break before second grade. My older sister had told me and my baby sister that it was cool to stay up late, so we did. We had dogs at the time, and my baby sister wanted to go outside and play with them. We didn't want to open up the front door and risk waking up mom. Me being who I am, I knew another way out. So I opened the window next to the front and popped the screen out of the window. We each one by one crawled out of the window at about two in the morning. Once we were out, we whistled for our dogs, Rox, Roscoe, and Tiger. Soon all three dogs gathered around us happily and wagging their tails. We were petting and loving on them when I suddenly felt a cold chill. It was the middle of summer, and I shouldn't have gotten this cold chill like that so quickly, especially since we were outside. Looking up and around, I stopped and pointed, trying to get my sister's attention. When M looked up, she panicked. She took E and put her back inside, then began to get our dogs inside as well. There was a dark figure standing tall next to a nearby tree. It was looking right at me. It lifted its arm pointing at the window of my grandparents' house. I couldn't stop staring. I was frozen when suddenly M grabbed my shirt collar, catching my attention again. As she put me through the window and then herself. My nose was now bleeding, and M was trying desperately to put the screen back in the window. It didn't work, so she just closed the window and the screen popped out. M and D took the dogs back to our room where we sleep, but I peeked out the window just to see a dark, massive shadow block out the moonlight and then disappear. Not even a week after, my grandpa fell off of his tracker. He hurt himself, and later at the doctor's, we found out a little too late that he had lung cancer. He passed days before my older sister's birthday, but somehow my grandfather was strong and he beat the cancer. It wasn't that that got him, The day we were told that my grandfather was going to be okay, we were basically rejoicing one morning on the bus to school. But I saw those same red eyes from that night following our bus. That day, at around noon, my mom and aunt came to school to pick us up early. Their grim faces had confirmed my worst fears. My grandfather had passed away after a massive stroke. I went silent because I knew deep down that that thing we saw had something to do with my grandfather's death. It wasn't until I was watching TV at the age of 14 that I knew what I saw was the Mothman. Those red eyes were a dead giveaway. Those massive red eyes. I hope I never encounter that thing again. The Mothman is one of the weirdest monsters out there. He may not be sighted as often as Skinwalkers, Wendigo, or Bigfoot, but when he is seen, there's no mistaking or forgetting those red eyes. Not to mention, he's like the closest real-life version of the Jeepers Creepers demon. I mean, if he wanted to, at any second, he could grip you in his talons and take you away somewhere for a slow and painful demise. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to follow me on vid.me darknessprevails as soon as possible. No worries, though. For now, our home is right here on YouTube. Also, a huge thanks goes out to my newest patron, the Vidya Bros. Thank you both so much for going above and beyond the call of duty to support this channel. And with that, I bid you all stay safe and stay creepy.